Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We have another musical treat for you today from the southwest corner of Wisconsin, known as the Kickapoo Valley. Our Song of the Soul guest today is Matt Olson, known on the stage as Brahman Shaman. We'll learn about that name in a moment, along with the thoughts and beliefs that are behind his recent CD, Animist. He's a deep thinker and a deep spirit, and you're sure to be enriched by our time with Brahman Shaman, Matt Olson. Matt, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Where about in Wisconsin are you? I know you're somewhere south of me. I'm located in Onalaska, Wisconsin, which is sort of a sister city to La Crosse. Are you originally from that region? I'm originally from northeast Iowa. How long have you been in Wisconsin, and what brought you here? I lived there, I guess, uh, a few years after high school. My wife at the time and I moved to Minneapolis for a couple of years, and then we ended up moving back to Onalaska in 2006 because we'd always sort of liked the La Crosse area, and it's closer to your family and quite a bit cheaper housing than in Minneapolis where we were. Well, a friend of yours turned me on to you, someone else from the Kickapoo Valley region there. I was very intrigued by the name that you've been recording under recently, Brahmin Shaman. Where did this name come from? It's more so a description of the music, I guess, for me, or the creative process than a name for me. In the Hindu religion, Brahman is sort of considered the all-pervading reality or the all-pervading now. And a shaman is typically one who helps the other tribes' people access the uh, sort of unseen world. 
and I'm sort of interested in the energetic realms, and I feel like I don't really know where the ideas come from. In other words, I don't feel like they're necessarily my ideas. The music itself or the creative process is the shaman that sort of helps me access the uh, unseen, intangible world. Have you actually studied Eastern religions, Hindu or otherwise, uh, particularly, or maybe Buddhist or any of the other valuable sources of illumination that have come from that corner of the world? Yeah, I've actually, I was Roman Catholic probably until high school, and then probably about midway through high school, I became much more interested in uh, Eastern philosophy. I remember I had a little pocket of the Tao Te Ching, and I started meditating at that point. And so I've read a number of books about the Eastern philosophies, and I've always sort of felt an affinity towards them. Although I wouldn't necessarily say I'm 100% aligned with anyone, I feel a pretty good alignment with a lot of the stuff in the Tao. If you look toward a community of people where you share your spirituality, do you have a name for that group or people or place that you go to? I don't really. I don't go out to a public place to share spiritually at all, but I do have a number of close friends that I guess uh, would see the world with a similar viewpoint. That's part of the reason behind the album title, I guess, of Animist. I sort of believe that all things have some bit of consciousness to them and that maybe they just experience life differently than we do. And I assume that this comes through your music, both intentionally and incidentally. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, definitely. I find that most of my songs are actually pretty much written to myself, trying to get myself to focus on something that I've been struggling with or trying to get myself to look at the world in a new way. They all pretty much lean in that direction. Why don't you start us off with some music so that people who are listening can get an idea of what you mean by that. What song would you like to start us off with? I think Great Escape would be a good place to start. That's third on the Animist. There's something very strong feeling in me that I just would like to get out in nature and live a more simple life away from screens and buildings and develop a more uh, realistic connection with nature. And that's sort of what the song is about, wanting to escape the society as we know it and uh, go experience life as more of the animal that we all are. Let's listen to it. The song is Great Escape, and it's by Matt Olson, performing under the name... Brahmin Shaman. Thank you. 
Shaman performed that. It's Great Escape. And Brahman Shaman is Matt Olson, who's with us here today for Song of the Soul. And Matt, some of your music, I'd say, is lighter, is more uplifting. That one's pretty heavy. Do you have a history of performing music of any particular genre or variety? Uh, yeah, I guess in my youth I played in sort of a hard rock band out of Iowa called Ruby Mirror for a number of years, and that was definitely more angst-filled hard rock. And as I grew older, I didn't have quite so much angst anymore to fuel it and wanted to write uh, more hopeful music. But I do find that some of the songs I write still tend to be a little bit darker sounding, even if the message itself isn't, and the chord progression and the melody end up following that a little bit. In Great Escape, one of the lines is, the animist in me is numb. And I think I know what you mean by that, but you tell me instead of me guessing. For me, that means that just by having to do the things we all need to do every day, get up and go to work and use the computer and think about the politics of our country or, the, or that of others, that I find that you have to become such a realist to sort of deal with the day-to-day problems that may arise that may numb you to the more sensitive aspects of human existence, the more subtle energies that I think we were more aware of in a more ancient time before people had so many things. <laughs> It's clear to me from the lyrics of the song the, and the whole theme, you know, The Great Escape, that that's the direction you'd like to go. Have you in any way been able to do that in your life? One of the lines is, you know, you vote with your dollars, so let's spend some cheese. And for me, that's like commerce in real things instead of these promissory notes that we pass around. Have you been able to put that into your life in some way? Somewhat, yeah. My wife and I have definitely, over the last five years, really tried to change our diet and, you know, only eat as much whole food as possible and try and have a better connection with where that food's coming from and try and source that locally. And actually, the uh, line that you mentioned about let's spend some cheese, 
Like, I thought people might take it that way, but it's supposed to be sort of a joke on the cheese is used a lot of times in gangster rap songs to represent money. So the comment I was trying to make is that people get really caught up in politics, but in our country, I think the bigger vote is how you spend your money. So if you spend it uh, supporting, you know, local businesses or buying your food from a local farmer, I think that's going to go more towards changing the world in the way you want it to than voting for an elected official who has a lot of big money pushing on him. (laughs) Would it be safe to say that you're not too interested in politics, that you think it's pretty much a lost arena? Yeah, well, I guess especially after the last election, I got pretty excited about Obama like I know a lot of other people did and paid more attention to this election than I had to any previously. And I think we all were expecting a lot more change than happened. And I feel like if, if he came in with so much political capital and seems like a pretty intelligent guy, that if he can't really make any noticeable change, then I don't think anybody else is going to be in the future either. I guess that's a pessimistic viewpoint. But I've just started to realize that if I want to see positive change, the first person I have to change is me. And then that'll filter down to the people around me. What the election really did was seem to divide the country all the more, and I'm not sure that getting into one group and uh, yelling about my beliefs to the other group is really uh, getting us any closer to making anything better in the long run. One of my perspectives is that while it's hard to affect things on a national level, of course, yeah, we start with ourselves, but we also connect in community. Otherwise, we're just one bubble. And I actually heard a speech last Friday. It was a forensic speech exactly about that, that it's kind of a cop-out to just do yourself because if you really want to make a difference in the world, it has to go beyond just you. So how do you think about that? I mean, is there a local community, a food co-op, or someone who reflects your values, someone who helps enhance and empower a certain amount of growth locally? I guess I'm still sort of searching for more of a community group that I feel like I could help make a change with, but I guess my view on personal change would be that I sort of need to be the change I want to see in the world, and I feel like that I have a long ways to go and a lot of conditioning to get out. So before I try and change things for other people, I need to focus on improving myself so I can be a better example. And one of the ways I think that we do plant seeds in the world is through the music that we share. And one of the reasons, of course, that I do this show is because I think that music is an excellent purveyor of spirit beyond what a simple speech can do. Somehow that synthesis of music, which is kind of winds of spirit blowing around, I think it can convey things that you can't learn any other way. So why don't you give us another song to show us how the winds of spirit are blowing for you, Matt? The next song I'd like to play is it's a song called Spoke of the Wheel. Lyrically, it's sort of about how in life we all inevitably create our own prisons or boundaries that we can exist within and then break out of. It's sort of a two-part song, and the last half is more about a lot of us tend to always be striving for more, whether that be more success or more money or more time. We always want for more, and we tend to forget that if we just maybe uh, let go, we already have enough of everything we need. The song is Spoke of the Wheel by Matt Olson, also known as Brahmin Shaman. Wanting a pretty sign, fat and decision, the last lap and answer the end. Elbow has been a ton of my conviction.
last indecision Hands clapped a form of revenge Developed intention A road to ascension His path is traveled again Spoke of the wheel Electrical fields Raman Shaman sharing Spoke of the Wheel. And Matt, tell me a little bit about the process of how you make these songs. What comes first, the tune, the music, the words? Typically, it's usually like a simple guitar chord, and then usually a melody, and I'll usually have some words that just arise out of thin air when I'm working with the melody, and then I'll usually keep a portion of those, and then the lyrics I actually usually rewrite a number of times once I get the melody more solidified. I try and make the lyrics so that they can sort of work on a couple different metaphorical levels, but may also have a literal meaning for people that don't listen that closely as well. I know there's a lot of things in there which are competing ideas that are bubbling around, but when you say things like, I will not fight this war or spend my whole life keeping score, I think that's a pretty clear direction that you're choosing. Are you really saying no to war, no to the get-ahead, keep up with the Joneses and the Smiths and whoever. Is that what you're really saying? That's your personal goal? Yeah, yeah, that lyric, I guess, is it's pretty ridiculous that we're taught when we're kids that fighting or hitting people never solves anything, but somehow when we become big countries or in the government, it's all right to blow people up. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me at all, I guess. I don't see how that could ever fix anything. I think that a lot of the wars are ultimately fought because people have different religious beliefs and they hold on to them so strongly that they're willing to kill others or die for them, and I'm not really interested in being involved in that. I don't think any of us really know the answer that well that it's worth killing somebody else over. 
You mentioned, Matt, that you were raised Catholic. Does any of this come as a result of your Catholic upbringing or as a reaction against it, or how does that all fit together? I'm sure it does, yeah. I think maybe more so on the previous album, Vision Question, that came through. I'm sort of trying to temper that. I don't really have anything against any particular religious group. I just think about any religion that puts people above one another or separates people within the faith can't necessarily be the right way since we all come from one source. So that would be a problem I have with most organized religion to that extent. I think that's part of the thing. And they usually have the priest or the people that seem to have more of a direct line to God than the parishioners do. Growing up in the church, it seemed to be a lot more about showing up on Sunday and dressing up was more important than how you actually act during the rest of the week. I guess I feel that most people know what's right and wrong. They don't need a religion to tell them. I think people know when they're doing right by others, and they know when they're not. Yeah, I, I think that would be obvious, but it is amazing to me how we differ on that. I saw recently an interesting article. they had done a study related to this. They had an interesting definition of what it means to be a liberal versus a conservative. And they said a conservative is a person who cares about, deals with, is concerned about the welfare of those he knows or is close to him or her, whereas a liberal is concerned about the other that's beyond their personal knowledge, I guess you'd say. So maybe a liberal is concerned about the Iraqis as well as the American soldiers, I think is what they're aiming at. I'd never thought of it that way before. How do you react to that idea, pro or con, or where does your identity lie? I think that's very interesting. I have a hard time dividing myself with either one, but I do think that that the concept that you mentioned is interesting, but I think you'd probably find conservatives that didn't agree with it and liberals that didn't agree with it as well. It's hard to say. Well, let's share some more music from Brahman Shaman. What's next on your plate? The next song is called Capture What Eludes You, and it's about how, not that we take the easy route, but a lot of times we take a safer route instead of doing what we really want, and so maybe every day trying to capture that intangible thing we're all searching for. Thank you. 
energy to get up in the morning called Capture What Eludes You by Brahman Shaman. In uh, human form, I guess Brahman Shaman is Matt Olson, who is from the Kickapoo Valley region of Wisconsin. Part of what that song says is you should go out in the direction of grabbing that, which is really your leading, what underneath what you want to reach for. Uh, Matt, do you feel like you've been able to do that? Is this a process you're just beginning? Now, you talked about what your wife and you are doing in terms of changing your direction. You feel like you're getting a sense that this is the direction that you're meant to be moved in that uh, is really calling to you deeply? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm slowly getting there. I've been actually starting to give some lessons and uh, help other people record their music, and I found that really rewarding. I guess for a while I gave up on music. In Rear Mirror, we'd had a record deal and toured around, and I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of the music industry. And then I've never really been all that interested in fame or notoriety, and I don't really feel that I need a, an extravagant amount of money to be happy. I'd rather would have something that I can feel like I'm helping people every day to tap into their creativity, because I think that everybody is creative, and most people sort of feel like, oh, I can't draw or I can't write a song, and I would say that I can't either. I just do it, <laughs> you know, you can't do it till you do it. So I think that uh, for me, it's, it's sort of about trying to find out how I can help other people, you know, be creative in any way, because I guess for me, my life wouldn't be nearly as enjoyable if I wasn't able to work on music of my own and with other people. It's really rewarding. Well, it's rewarding for me to listen to it, and so I'm thankful that you do have that leading in your life. I had a guest on a couple of years ago who's in your same age range, like the late 20s, and one of the things that he said was he didn't feel like he connected with his age group a lot, 
because he felt like there was an entire generation where cynicism was the major mode, that disaffection and putting down things was a common way of being in his age group. Now, first of all, you know, maybe you do or don't agree with what he said, but I think in particular in terms of uh, religion, of course, a lot of people have felt that way. It's like the stuff that we've been given here is bad, and, and it's not hard at all to find examples of that. What do you think about cynicism versus the positive thing? Because you and your music want to set a positive direction. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's true to a certain extent. I find sometimes it's hard to strike a balance between you know being able to comment on the way things are but not necessarily be scolding anybody for how they are. But I guess that might lead into the next line I want to play, Nowhere Left to Go. There's a line in there, uh, what the hell are you going to do, Muslim, Christian, or Jew? That could be seen as a, a cynical line, but for me, I feel like that a lot of the war that's you know raging in the Middle East and has been raging on this planet for the last 50 or 100 years is based on these strong faiths that have a lot of great things about them. I think at their core teachings, there's a lot of good there, but for some reason, they're uh, not able to realize that if they do believe in God, it's probably all the same God. There's not a Muslim God and a Christian God and a Jewish God that are always at war with each other. And I think that the leaders of those faiths really need to step up to the plate and just decide that they're going to blow each other all up or they can need to decide that they're going to take the high road and actually try and figure out a way to live together without having to be at war. That's a great way to say it. Nowhere left to go, Brahmin Shaman. There ain't nobody like you So what the hell you gonna do? Gonna stand right up, say enough is enough What the hell you gonna do? What the hell you gonna do? Muslim, Christian, or Jew? Gonna stand right up, say enough is enough. What the hell you gonna do? When I was much
what the hell you gonna do? Gonna stand right up, say enough is enough. What the hell you gonna do? What the hell you gonna do? Muslim, Christian, or Jew? Gonna stand right up, say enough is enough. What the hell you gonna do? When I was much That was Nowhere Left to Go by Brahmin Shaman. Matt Olson is Brahmin Shaman, and he's my guest here today for Song of the Soul. I'm your host for this Northern Spirit Radio program, and our website is northernspiritradio.org. On the site, you can listen to all these programs again, find links to our guests and a lot of other information, and please leave us comments when you visit. We love hearing from you. My guest today is Matt Olson performs as Brahmin Shaman for the last couple of years. And Matt, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how musically you put together these albums. You're one person, but I think you're the one person performing the drums, the bass, the guitar, everything on there. You're singing. You must be a very busy man. I had started out playing guitar first, I guess, and I would make my own songs and sing them pretty much just just guitar and singing and then i've always sort of had a drum set around with different bands i've been in always tinkered away at it and i guess after tinkering away at it for 10 years or so i've gotten comfortable enough that i feel like i can at least keep the beat well enough so usually when i put together the songs i'll start with the guitar and the melody and i'll sort of lay that down basic tracks of that and then i usually do the the drums and the bass and sort of create the rhythm section and i usually replay the guitars and do the singing and add other guitars or effects or keyboards or whatnot after that to make it sound sort of separated out so i think if you start with the drums and build it back up once you sort of get that it sounds more like a band was playing as opposed to just one person all separately <laughs> but it's pretty time consuming to put it all together and i find that uh I guess I usually struggle the most with vocals. I don't know. I've never been that like, comfortable with my own voice, so that's the most difficult part for me. And when you perform, what do you do? You do this with other folks, and do you perform under the name Brahmin Shaman? Yep, I perform under the name Brahmin Shaman. You know, I'll play acoustic solo from time to time. I've also been trying to do a little three-piece with bass and drums. I sort of like the acoustic thing, but I find a lot of times that people just talk over you, and unfortunately, sometimes you need to be louder to get them to either listen or leave. <laughs> so I've been doing it as a three-piece, sometimes a two-piece, and then I also do some drumming for some other musicians around the area from time to time, and I'm going to be playing bass with another group as well. So I've been trying to explore all the different instruments and get a better handle on them, because I think that'll improve my writing and hopefully allow me to realize what I'm trying to capture in my head better. I've looked around your website a little bit, brahmanshaman.com. If people want to find out where Brahman Shaman is doing the thing, how do they find out? 
It's actually right on the main page where you can go to enter the site, sort of the entrance page, and then uh, right below the link bar, there's the upcoming shows, and then there's a scrollable text window there that has upcoming dates. So just a reminder, people can go to brahmanshaman.com. Always you can find a link from my site, northernspiritradio.org. And I find it easier to spell Northern Spirit Radio than Brahman Shaman, because I'm not from the East, I guess. Well, next music you want to share with us, what's up? The next song would be a song called To Educate, and I guess it's a little bit about uh, reincarnation and the, where we, the energy of us goes when we die and how it comes back. And then it's sort of about how that search has now sort of run into the new science and the quantum physics and how they're starting to realize that at the very finest level there really is just potential. So if we could educate the youth to uh, believe that from the beginning, I think we'd have a better chance at changing our reality for the better. So are you saying that your hope is not really in the Super Hadron Collider, it's not in that stuff, but you mentioned subtle energies in this, that that's what's important as opposed to the mega mega volts type stuff that they're dealing with in the Collider? Yeah, I think the Collider is definitely interesting science, but I, don't, I think they're going to end up finding more of a spiritual path than anything else. I think a lot of what really controls reality in our lives is subtle in a way that we can't really see it or perceive it unless we... Uh, spend a lot of time and quiet and a lot of times people's interactions are more based on the subtle energy exchanges than they are on the words that are said or the body language. The song is To Educate. Can you educate the man that this life is not the end? Each decision is a new reality. Some say truth cannot be known. Guess we'll reap what they have sown Every gesture generates relief Although science dogs the road We're still searching for the soul Attempting to resolve this phallic fallacy All of these visions are a question But the answer escapes our attention Inside that bowl of impression
Raman Shaman, Matt Olson, and to educate really kind of turns it on the head because a lot of people, I think, you know, they think of education as the four R's, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic. Oh, I don't know what the fourth one is. Uh, (laughs) But for you, if there was something important to be taught in our society, to be shared, to be explored, however that would be done, do you have some idea what that is, if it's missing, in fact, in our society? I think that a lot of the more tangible aspects of education are definitely important. My wife is actually a science teacher, so I'm very aware of the struggles of the public school system to effectively educate kids for the challenges they'll face in the workplace and whatnot. But I also think that a lot of the the history and the science, you know, changes so much, and we tend to teach a lot of these things as laws when they're really not laws. They're just theories. They're basically just descriptions of reality, and there's a way for us to try and explain why things happen. And just because that's one explanation doesn't mean it's uh, the only explanation. And I think that if young people were taught that they may have more control over their reality than they thought, that we sort of create the world that we want to live in. And I really do think that a lot of times people get caught up in feeling sorry for themselves for things that happened or feel like they're getting the short end of the stick or whatnot. And I think that the most thing, there's not really any malice in things that happen. I think things just happen, and that's how we uh, choose to deal with them that sort of determines whether they're bad or good. I think it's interesting you mentioned your wife is a science teacher. It's clear to me that you're on a strong spiritual path. And I don't think there's any reason that a science teacher can't be on a spiritual path as well. I've got a strong spiritual path as a Quaker that is not in conflict with the fact I have taught physics and computer science and all this kind of thing. Do you feel any tension or do you feel like you and your wife are kind of looking at reality, just uh, two different pieces of it? I guess not entirely because when I was a young kid I wanted to be a, a scientist when I grew up. Once I got into Eastern philosophy I was always interested in what the western world the edge of science is sort of having to say about these things so i think that they're both important i think that we definitely our worldviews are somewhat different but i think uh it's probably good because we sort of temper the extremes in each other a little bit and it's good to be able to have somebody around that isn't just blindly following whatever you believe in and vice versa i think that it's good to, to be challenged in your beliefs and be able to discuss things intelligently and get feedback either way i don't have any more answers than anybody else I'm no spiritual teacher by any means, but I think for me personally, I've found some ways to deal with the world that have started to make my life more enjoyable, and I've started to realize uh, how good it is, as opposed to uh, feeling that bad things are happening to me, I guess. Well, bad things do happen, though, and I know you've got another song you wanted to share, and we've got just a little bit more time, Lost at Sea. So, uh, you know, maybe that's one of the bad things. I don't know. What's it about? 
That's what I can sort of comment on. But a lot of times I find a lot of people try and have their ideas on what you should do. You know, they'll say, oh, you should do this or you should do it that way. And I guess my belief is that nobody really knows, for the most part, better than anybody else. So maybe it's better to uh, go your own way and follow your your internal compass as long as you feel like that you're not uh, hurting anybody else in the process. The song is sort of about, well, don't really look at me like I'm the one who's lost, but we're all just as lost. What do you mean in the line in this song that says, the world's getting messed up and we should too? That's sort of a, supposed to be a sarcastic, snide comment. It's like, it comes after a comment about the news is trying to sell us things. I think that most of the news, you know, it's all bad news and uh, there's a story they're trying to sell. They're all run by corporate interest. And at the end of the day, I think that by showing us all these bad things, they're just encouraging people to feel sort of defeated, I guess. <laughs> it's a comment about how every day we're showing how the world is so messed up all around us and everything. They try and make it feel like everything's falling apart. And I think that in some ways that encourages people to, to not be afraid to mess themselves up, either with drugs or alcohol or life situations. One of the reasons that I do this program, why we do Song of the Soul, and why I do Spirit in Action, is because most of the news is negative. And uh, my Quaker way of saying it is, what I think is important to do is to find that of God in everyone, to find everyone's inner light to help it shine forth together so that the whole world is bathed in all these individual little pieces of light that together are pieces for the big puzzle, I guess I'd say. So I just want to let you know you're participating in part of the positive light by sharing your song of the soul. Let's listen to that song. It's called Lost at Sea by Brahman Shaman. I'm an author writing down the wisdom of my older brother But when I hold your pen Every single line just won't begin All I want to do is feel like I'm evolving But every word I sing is so self-involving And I can't seem to prove This me is any different from my youth Everyone I meet is something to sell me Like TV news is true, CNN tell you We're all getting screwed The world's getting messed up and we should too So don't look at me I'm lost at sea And need to find God Fight the law and join the army
Lost at Sea by Brahman Shaman, Matt Olson. And Matt, I didn't mean to say that you didn't realize that. I'm sure you knew already you were sharing your piece of light for the world. No, very kind of you, I think. And the music's helpful, too. And in that song, I notice also you say, all I want to do is help save the planet. Is that one of the things that has been or is part of your goals? Is Do you try and live you know, off the grid or those kind of things that people generally try and do to help do something nice for the planet? Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I find that it's harder to find uh, with my wife. We may not, we may have different creature comforts we're used to, I guess. And I think a lot of that is before you can do that, I think you need to learn how to reduce your lifestyle as much as possible, and then slowly make that transition. But that line is sort of also about how the whole uh, global warming debate and everything else, people like to try and act like we're saving the planet. And I guess my view is that the planet's going to be here regardless. I think we should just admit it. We're trying to save ourselves. <laughs> And that should be the issue, because we're trying to save our species on this planet, because the planet's been here for, for millions of years, it's going to be here for millions of more years, whether we uh, kill off our species or not. So that's sort of what that lyric is about. Well, we've got just a couple minutes left here. I think you've got one final song to share with us. It's kind of a short one. Tell us about Ancient Man. Yeah, Ancient Man is actually probably the last one I wrote. I'd sort of written the 20 songs on Animus probably over about a year and a half, and this one just came up at the end, and it's a shorter song. I just decided to leave it that way. To me, it sums up the message of the whole album in a way, and that's sort of why I put it at the end. It's sort of a Taoist comment on the lyric about if we can be free from all our desire, that we will find uh, some more significance in our lives. I don't mind, you know, doing hard work, but I think that if more of our lives were spent living and trying to stay alive, then we wouldn't have to spend so much time trying to figure out what to fill our time with, with useless entertainments. <laughs> the song is Ancient Man by Brahmin Shaman. In the end of desire, we will find significance. All of these lying words will ring with dissonance. Prayed for a fire to burn these feelings down to the ground where they'll die all alone. Oh, to be that ancient man to wander and to search, learn from the animals and never go to church. There would be no money man, no numbers or net worth. Life would be for living son and that living would be worth. All of these lying words 
with dissonance Prayed for a fire to burn these feelings down to the ground where they'll die all alone That was Brahmin Shaman, also known as Matt Olson, sharing his final song for Song of the Soul. It's Ancient Man. You've got a lot of thought-provoking things in your songs, Matt, and it feels like a, a peaceful, whole, questing soul that, you know, if the world had more of this, maybe we'd have fewer Iraqs and Afghanistans going on and a little bit less ecological destruction. Yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> I really appreciate having me on, Mark. I've enjoyed talking with you, and I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's good. I think people like you that, you know, sort of shine a spotlight on different music and art, you know, keep people aware and keep people focused locally on on people that are in their area that they can maybe even make a personal connection with and discuss songs or ideas that might ring true with them. So I think that's very important. Well, thanks again for joining me, Matt. Thank you. Today's Song of the Soul guest was Matt Olson, Brahmin Shaman. Find him at brahmanshaman.com or follow the link from northernspiritradio.org The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included and a whole lot more on my website northernspiritradio.org And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a Song of the Soul.